podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What a fantastic goal that is from Derby! Hello, thanks for tuning in to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County fan podcast. The year is almost over, and in case you haven't noticed, chaps, so is this decade. The tens are almost a thing of the past. So, as we hurtle headlong into 2020, we've provided a special podcast, and we thought it was time to look back on the last 10 years for the Rams and bring you, drumroll, don't do a drum roll. Uh, bring you our Derby County team of the decade. I'm your host, Chris Parsons. Tom and Anton are in the mixer. You are, lads? Hello. Good, thanks. And uh, Kutch, you've provided some refreshment for this podcast. And, well, must be the winter because you've got a cheeky glass of red wine on the go. Absolute wow. scenes. I think people know me now, but a cheeky glass of red wine is not only for the winter, but on this case, a Sangue of AZ is going down very well with some Stilton, some Camembert, and some Gruyere. God, so uh, we are achingly middle class at yes, times. Yes, I apologise. <laughs> so when the history books look back on this decade for Derby County, Richard, from 2010 2020, how do you think this period will be remembered in our club's history? I would say as the ultimate perennial championship nearly men. I think uh, there's a few clubs that fall into that category in the championship in the last 10 years but most of them have at some point got promoted in in that period you think um you know cardiff i think had a bit of a reputation for going close a lot and, and then finally got up and derby just haven't quite done it you know we all know the story two playoff final losses more semi-final losses than i care to remember um but you know what some some heartache but a lot of very entertaining football and no shortage of off the field stories to get stuck into too so uh, before we cut to Tom and Anton as well, don't forget that Steve at Bloomers Washing is partnered for this season with Derby Brewing Company, Derby's original craft brewer. So these are the rules, Tom and Anton. This is how it's going to go down, right? 11 players and four subs. That's what we've decided on. I mean, I don't want to build this up at all, but it took us like an entire night to even decide on the format of this podcast in the first place. So Over WhatsApp, not not just like a Friday night together. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so the four of us will go through the team position by position, give or take. Uh, we've agreed in advance. I mean, we had to have some parameters. So we've agreed <laughs> in advance. It's going to be a back four, three midfielders and three attackers and lone players. Uh, it's basically up to personal choice, but they are, broadly speaking, eligible. Tom and Anton, how difficult did you find it to whittle down a decade worth of Derby County players into one team? I mean, it's fair to say that some positions were easier than others, um, but there, there are certainly some some good discussions to be had over over the next 45 minutes or so. In, I mean, in, deciding who was going to partner Leon Best up front, that's, that's just like a no-brainer, really, isn't it? It's the same as Julian Desart in midfield alongside Omar Mascarell, the uh, on-loan midfield duo, so fantastic. It was a very tough uh, evening that I spent looking through in my paper notes, a uh, testament to that. We have gone through a lot of players. If you think about the Nigel Clough days... The spending spree of the McLaren, Clement, Pearson days. Um, it's uh, there's there's a lot of mediocrity to shift through, but I'm sure we'll find a few diamonds in the rough along the way. Commons 
Give himself a little bit of room. Oh, what a goal! Bryson tries a shot. Oh, yes! Oh, what a strike! That is absolutely stunning from Johnny Russell. Jamie Ward with the equaliser. It's Thomas Inns. It's brilliant! And it's Chris Martin yet again. The pressure is coming from Wisdom. Well, what a better place to start then than uh, than in goal? So, who has been Derby County's best goalkeeper of the last decade? For me, basically a two-person choice, and the person I gave it to was Scott Carson. Tom, thoughts? Uh, I would actually agree with you, but I think um, cover players running really close. I think Lee Grant has been a, a fantastic servant, even into the previous decade, and he was a real pivotal part of that Derby team that got to the player final and should have been promoted in 13-14. And do you know what? I think the best goalkeeper I have actually seen at the club um, in recent years is Jack Butland. I mean, for me, he didn't... I've as Chris said about loans I've decided against putting any loan players in my team um, especially and, ones that played about six games but Jack, yeah <laughs> I know but uh, Jack Butland he made in that time he made an, some unbelievable saves you mentioned uh, in previous podcasts about Craig Bryson scoring at Watford but I remember sitting in front of um in front of the away end and Butland this one of the Watford players hit the ball into the bottom corner and I was like that's a goal and suddenly Butland comes out of nowhere and turns it around the post. He was a great goalkeeper and I really wanted to sign him when uh, uh, we had the opportunity. So I was disappointed with that. So yeah, it's either Grant or Carson. I think Carson has been the who, best. Who was who was, in, who was Derby's number one when Butland came in on loan and, and, and came in for a spell? Who was injured at that time? Was it Lee Grant? I, I thought it was, it was Grant, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'd completely forgot about Jack Butland, actually. It's a great shout. Um, he only played, as, as Chris said, a handful of games. So I, I don't think he particularly qualifies, but in terms of the best players we've seen at Pride Park in that position. I think Butler's probably up there. Scott Carson, to me, is is the most dependable, uh, quality, consistent goalkeeper that we've had in that decade. I think Lee Grant comes into that category very well, but I think Carson's just generally a step above. Yeah, I, I go Scott Carson as well. I mean, there was a time in that Rowett season when Carson was number one, when like people were saying that Carson should be on the plane for the World Cup. And... I don't know, I got a bit carried away, but I sort of agreed with him. I, I actually thought that Carson might have a chance of playing for England. He was in such good form for, like, in the middle part of um, 17-18, Anton. He was so dependable, and, and it's something that we, we're completely missing at the moment, um, you must say. But, yeah, for, for me, Carson is definitely number one for, for the team of the decade. Um, shout out to the, the most eccentric goalkeeper of the decade, Stephen Bywater. Um, oh, was, he, who, who was, came, he, was he, did he come into yeah, our decade? Yeah, he, he did come into that, that decade. Um, certainly Damn. not certainly not the top goalkeeper of, of the time, but he did have some certainly funny so you're stories. Saying there, there was the, the, the famous art installation outside his, his house, which oh, got, who, uh, who can forget? got a few pelters. And some anger management issues. Do you think, you, you think Stephen Bywater is more eccentric than our famous Dutch flyer, Keller <laughs> I would say yes. It's a toss-up between those two. <laughs> it sounds like we have settled on that one. So the back four, um, I think I think this is pretty straightforward. We'll start with the right back, Kutch, who was... Um, who made it for you? I think there's, there's unlike left back, I think there's three contenders for right back for Derby County, team of the decade. Jaden Bogle, Andre Wisdom, and who can forget, I was always a big fan of John Brayford. And I think there was, I think there was one season in particular, his first season under Nigel Clough, 
where he was brilliant. He was a threat going forward. He was slow defensively. Um, I, I, I'm, I want to be convinced by people because I actually, I actually don't know. I'm on the fence between Bogle and Brayford. But wisdom, I take wisdom as well. So this is for me. This is a hard position in the whole team to, to choose. Tom. I, I thought, um, yeah, I liked wisdom, but wisdom was good in thirteen fourteen, and I said he was a lone player, so I just counted him because of uh, that. Because that was when he was um, good. Okay, but but I can see what you you're saying. Um, I do really like Bogle, but for me, it was John Brayford. I mean, every single time I used to see him, I was like, oh, it's brilliant. That's why he's Brayford, and yeah. it was <laughs> it was just great. And I loved I loved John Brayford, and I was gutted when he. Uh, you had a lot of man love for John Brayford at the time. I did. I didn't realize that actually. Yeah, I always used to have a lot of man love. You were, I think you were in Cape Town a lot of the time, oh, right, yeah. or somewhere living somewhere else at the time he was playing between 2010 and 2013 he, he was a bit of a fan's favourite back yeah. in the day yeah. um, really good player I, I think it is a, a toss up between him and Bogle for me Bogle actually just edges it um, mainly because of the reason that he's, he's just such an exciting player to come through the youth system and he's still got so many years ahead of him and he's sti- still like up there with Brayford even though he's only 18 years of age so um, for me it's Bogle at right back I think if you go off how you felt when that player left Derby, then Braveford is a shoo-in for me because I was gutted when we sold him. Yeah. I was so annoyed, especially as he went on, he went to Cardiff and he never got a game because they bought another right back when they got promoted and uh, Braveford just didn't get a kick and then he went to Sheffield United, I want to say. Cla- under a Claff. He's, a Claff, he's a Claff player. I mean, John Braveford for me is, is the signing that sums up when Claff got things right. He'd pick out, he would pick out gems from lower leagues and unfortunately he picked out one out of five you know the other four would be kind of flops you know Ben Pringle and co but, Salmon. yeah but well but John Braford was, was brilliant because he was yeah, bargain basement price along with James Bailey James Birdie showed promise when he was a, uh, came through but it kind of went off to boil quicker but John Braford I think it's as Anton said it's hard to judge because we know what the ne- what happens next with John Braford we still don't know that about Jaden Vogel so he could become England's right back in five years time yeah. Whereas, and at the time, I when I saw, I was in love with Braveford as well, maybe from afar. But I thought he would become a right back for England. I thought he was that good at the time. I, I see what you mean. I think if you're doing this podcast in a year's time, I think Bogle is an absolute shoe in at the rate of his development. But right now, uh, only after a season and a bit, I don't think he's done quite enough. But he's but he's going to go on to be a far better player. It's it's a fair point. But to be 18 years of age and have one season under your belt and probably to be Derby's first name on the team sheet is pretty good going. Yeah, I can, I can see that. But I do think Brayford for me. Shall we uh, move on to centre-backs? Well, well, well who, who we got? Who are we going with? I, I'm, I'm going to say Brayford. Well, well, we're going to have to go with the yeah. majority. Yeah, I'm, it's, I'm, it's I'm, a, I'm happy with Brayford. It's a three-on-one for, yeah. for John Brayford. So... Uh, and John Brayford would win that defensive battle if it was three on one. <laughs> so that's why he's Brayford. <laughs> so he's won it at the back. Two centre backs. Tom, do you want to kick off with the first one that you've chosen? This was. He said that the back four was fairly easy. I had a bit of difficulty here because I, I could definitely have uh, put in the likes of Tamori, who had a fantastic season last year. And but there were four players for me who potentially get into there: Keo, Barker, Bucko, Shackle, and I've gone for. Uh, at centre back, do you want both of them now? Uh, yeah, go on then. Yeah. What's, he, what's he pairing? Barker, captain, leader, legend. Um, Shackle, left left centre back, just for the balance. Interesting. Of left Shackle first first spell, may I add? I'm, 
I'm surprised you missed out Curtis Davis from that, that list. Mm. Um, I think I think he's up there. I, 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 he's not one of my picks for the record, but um, he, he's also <laughs> um, a, a contender, <laughs> a, a contender um, for for one of those slots. I went with Keo and um, Barker. I, I think you've got to include Keo in there. He, he was playing at centre back for about eight of those ten years. Absolute legend of the club, despite um, obviously recent incidents but uh, yeah he's got to be in there and they me. did they did overlap didn't they slightly Keo came in when Barker was still at the club I thought it didn't I thought he'd sold uh, I swear oh. they came I swear I mean we should have looked this up sure but <laughs> Keo I swear there was an overlap there and I would love to have seen them play together and for me I got to put Sean Barker in there because I'd love to have seen Sean Barker play in a good derby team I'd love to have seen him play in, in Frank Lampard's team or even Gary Rowett's team you know uh, I think he'd bring so much so for me, it's Sean Barker. I'm quite tempted by Shackle. I think I think I'd have to agree with Anton. I think you can't leave, despite what's happened in the last month. I think you can't leave Richard Keogh out. I go Keogh and Barker. I, unfortunately for Tom, I'm going to have to agree with Anton and Kutch. I just think that with Keogh, like, and and we talked about this off air about whether this team of the decade was the players that you liked the most or the players who have been the best in their position for Derby and until a couple of months ago Keogh ticked both those boxes but there's no you know there's no doubting that he has tainted his legacy his reputation with the fans and with the club but yeah as Anton said he played for Derby for like for 80% of the of the past decade like we've bought in big money defenders like Shackle even players like Pierce have come in and Buxton as well and Keogh has been the default in that back four for season after season after season. Yeah, he, he's he's made mistakes. He made one very bad mistake. There were other mistakes in that move before that goal was scored. You know which one I'm talking about. Um, but look, he's also been player of the year twice. He's also been captain on numerous occasions. He's, uh, you know, he's like the owner's right-hand man. I don't see how there's any way that you can't include him. So the reason why I didn't include uh, Keo in my first 11 and I include Shackle ahead is just like when I watch Shackle he's just a class centre back he just oozed like composure he was never troubled by anyone and I also thought about the balance of my team like left centre back left foot I quite like what uh, we've got with Clark being left footed and Davis being right footed at the moment Um, and I just thought right for that balance Shackle got the slight nod and it is a fraction Um, and I wasn't bothered about the the liking sort of part I guess those, those sort of things come into it anyway and what's recently happened with Keo that didn't affect it but I thought Shackle for me he was just he was just so good are we, are we, are we, are we honestly leaving out Jake Buxton as well and it was a really, that was a really tough choice because he's a he's not a brilliant centre back but he's a he's the sort of person you want in your team I've never seen a player in a Derby County shirt play more above or their own level or play to the absolute maximum of their level on a consistent basis you cannot fault Jake Buxton for anything he did in his what four years probably at Derby County and we talked about Craig Bryson and recently and, and his love for the club Bucko's in the same category I mean I don't think he quite makes my pair but I think he's he has to be honourable mention and if we're talking about who's going to come off the bench for this team I'd love to have Bucko on as, yeah he, as he was a shoe in for my bench and I think with Barker I remember thinking at the time that when it was Barker and Shackle at the back, I thought, that's a really good centre-back pairing. I thought we could really go somewhere with that team. And it was like cut short. Because a bit slow, though. A little bit slow, but... Um, that's why you got Brayford at right-back. <laughs> bit of pace. But 
and Gareth Roberts at left back. But I think <laughs> at the time, they I, mem- I just remember thinking, I thought that was a really good centre-back pairing on paper and it was over before it really got going because Shackle left and Barker got injured. Um, but yeah, Barker at his best was um, a really quality centre-half, I think. I remember one of my favourite memories I ended up not seeing, if you remember, Tom, was when we were going to go see QPR away in uh, like 2011 or something. And I lived in Birmingham at the time and I was going to get a train down after work for a midweek game. Um, My train got to rugby and then there was like a problem on the line and the train not only didn't get to London but had to go back to Birmingham. So I missed the entire game and that was a game when we drew one all and Barker scored that goal where he like flicked it over the player and smashed it in the bottom corner. I did, I did go to that game. Because you went there. It was, it was, it go, yeah. it was uh, right in front of us. Did, did, I go, a, did I go to that game? No, you didn't. Okay. Uh, I think Palace Allen, our dear friend, um, took your ticket, in fact, that night, Chris. And I, I do recall that one quite quite fondly. We had a bit of a crowd going. And um, it was sort of a 79th, 80th minute or something and Barker got a little flick up and then volley into the bottom corner. He could play like, a bit of the Barker, couldn't he? Well, That's what I mean. Like, you know, he, he wasn't just a... Sort of thuggish, no. um, you know, do or die, kick it and head at centre back. He's my first choice, just to put that yeah, out. Yeah, I think I'd say Barker's my first choice. Okay, so that is, I think we've come to consensus on the centre backs, despite Tom's emotive case there that he's made for Jason Shackle. We're going to go with Keo and Barker. And just before we get tweeted angrily, we all do love Fikeo Tamori. Yeah. But lone player, only one season. We could do it a pace at the back. But uh, I thought we'd just mention his name. He, did, he does exist. We do love Tamori and we do love Raul Ampentosa. But, uh, <laughs> you know, everyone. you can only put in two centre-backs. Uh, so... I haven't got the right insults for Ampentosa, so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Anton, who's, uh, who's bombing up on the left for you? So I feel like left-back is probably, and you might um, tell me I'm wrong here, but probably the easiest choice out of the whole 11. Um, for me... Depends uh, what you say. I mean, <laughs> for me, there's only one winger, win, winger, winger, <laughs> wing back, and that's um, Craig Forsyth. Same for me. Next question. Yeah, yeah. Foz, Fozzy, I think Gareth Roberts is the only one that could potentially have an argument with that, but uh, Fozzy would be my first choice. I think Forsyth gets a little bit of bad rep with fans at the moment because people think of him as the last couple of seasons. But back in back in the day, five or six years ago, he was he was so good, but bombing down that that left hand side, created so much. His, his crossing was really good with with Martin heading them home in the middle, and he scored a few goals as well. The thing with Foz, um, it was a clough signing on loan as a left midfielder. Um, he didn't really do loads a bit like Martin actually in, in his loan spell and then we signed him I think for like 10 grand or something and uh, Clough made him into a left back and he was fantastic and he's come back from two pretty serious injuries and is still for me if he's fully fit he's still our first choice left back even now I mean he was a core a core player a core of that group who kind of played mediocre under Nigel Clough and McLaren took two another level as we as we discussed with Craig Bryson in, in, in that interview and uh, Forsyth just showed what he could do in an attacking fullback position he was obviously a left winger by trade originally and he brought that to his game as a left back and he was really heavily involved in some of our, our best attacking performances uh, and, and particular goals and moves uh, in that in, in really excellent McLaren team that we all love so fondly so for me uh, it's, it's a no-brainer Chris. I think Fozzie's a weird one because Anton is right in saying that there is only one real choice for that position but at the same time I think we're all quite painfully aware that we could have probably had a much better left back at some point in the past decade but we haven't um I don't think Olsen ever really turned out to be 
great shakes, to be honest. Um, yeah, Gareth Roberts was okay. And I literally can't really think of anyone else. Ashley Cole. <laughs> Ashley did, Cole, did, yeah. Did, did Jay McEverly creep into this decade? No, he, he was, was, I think he was, yeah, yeah I he think was gone main, Jordan, mainly the uh, Jordan Stewart. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Before we crack on, don't forget you can uh, subscribe to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you're, I- if you're an iPhone or iPad user, you can find us on SoundCloud or on Spotify for Android users. Hi, I'm Paolo Wanchop, and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing. Right, so the midfield three. I feel like this is where the team of the decade gets pretty spicy or the uh, debate does anyway I think we need to clarify at this point whether the four of us are deciding this on whether it's our 11 favourite players or like a team of 11 that would actually function as a team because that really dictates which midfielders you're picking and they would like they'd get to like the playoff final and then lose in the last minute like that kind of, that kind of quality like <laughs> just I think how good my team would be. win the league um, <laughs> so coach why don't you start who is your first name in the middle Okay, ultimate favourite slash best midfielder of Derby County of the last decade. We cannot, we cannot not put Craig Bryson in there. So Craig Bryson for me is probably along with Sean Barker, first name of the team sheet. Also, chant of the decade as well. So <laughs> yes. just for that reason, have we got a full house on Craig Bryson, Tom? Uh, of course we have. Box to box midfielder, forty-two goals. It's an incredible player. Like so, yeah. So many, so many good memories of Craig Bryson. Wasn't quite as influential in the past, like in the last like two or three seasons of a spell at Derby. Spent a whole year in Cardiff, where he got them promoted. But yeah, I mean, even almost for the for thirteen fourteen alone, when he made literally the best team in the whole division and was dropped for the playoff final. He was, as he told us in in, in detail. <laughs> but the hat against Forest, the away winner against Forest, all those goals, all those games. You know, he he is another player who's played the best part of the entire decade at Derby County. Um, I mean, his only real his only real competition for that kind of position would be Paul Green. I, I liked Paul Green. I he wondered was, about Paul Green. <laughs> Paul yeah. Green. Paul Green is on my list of like, do I or do I not? No, we don't. <laughs> Sure, we did we, at one point. We did sing about having a whole team of Paul Greens. Do you remember? He he was surprisingly good at table tennis. I <laughs> I used to play Paul Green and Steve Davis at table tennis at the training ground, and Paul Green was definitely the better of those two, and they both had a better of me. But uh, Craig Bryson for his on-field antics would be first choice. Tom, I'll give you the next shout for midfielder number two. To be fair, like this is this is a really big discussion in terms of the centre midfield. Um, but again, I can't see beyond Will Hughes for that second spot in midfield. For, for me, as a the sort of, I've I've got sort of two deeper line midfielders and then one further forward. Um, and I would say in that sort of next to Bryson, left footed Will Hughes, creative genius. That pass for Darren Bent's goal alone um, puts him well up there. The goal against Brighton in the semi final, just just Hughes in general for being such a an unbelievable player. And it's a travesty that we sold him for five million and we talked about. How do we feel when people left? When when Hughes left for five million, I was like, "What is going on with his club?" It's one of those players who, when you see him play in another team's colours, it just doesn't look right for the first for the first few months. Um, it still doesn't, still look, doesn't look, right. look right. I feel sad, genuine sadness when I saw him playing for Watford on uh, against Norwich a, a few weeks ago on TV. I was like, "What? What? What's he doing playing there?" It's I think just... we need to. I think we need to clarify this because 
that as as much as everyone loves Will Hughes, he's uh, you know he's like a Derby lad, came for our youth system, and I remember watching his debut at Peterborough away yeah. um, when we actually lost. But you can even see then when he was like what sixteen or something that he he had a lot about him. He had mm. like he had such composure on the ball and like such a like a velvety first touch. You know, you could see he had um, he had the makings of a great player even as a teenager in the second tier. But Anton, do you think his his numbers do enough justice to his ability? I mean, there is the argument to say that he should have scored more goals or should be scoring more goals as the kind of player that he is. But T- 10 goals in 140 games. But For I someone as good as he is, it's not enough, is it? It's not I, enough. I, I don't think he had to in, in that derby side. He, he was the creative flair to provide the goals for the rest of the team we had so many other goal scorers in that team that he was just the person to create the magic behind them so for me yeah Hughes is definitely um, another shoe in for, for one of those midfield three well I've talked this up as a, as being hugely divisive but we've already all settled on the first two unanimously well, I mean I, I love Will Hughes and until Mason Mount came along Will Hughes was uh, the most naturally talented player I've seen play at Derby County in, in that decade. Uh, you could probably put Harry Wilson in that bracket. Alberto Bueno could be put in that bracket as well. And I'm sure we'll come on to him Bruno later. We'll come on to Bueno later. Thank you very much. Um, but I think I'd have I think I'd have Will Hughes in there, but I wouldn't have him necessarily as a deep line midfielder like Tom's suggesting or the kind of secondary advance midfielder. I mean, are we going to talk about George Fawn? Because if we're talking about the base of the midfield, Fawn and Eustace need to be in this conversation. <laughs> And they do, they yeah, do, yeah. and they and they both Eustace had like a, a twelve month spell probably in total of being, of being very good and very effective. George Fawn, if we're being honest, probably had the six month to twelve month spell of being extremely good. Um, where yeah, do we, where so, do we stand on those two? So so I think if I was choosing my midfield three to be the most balanced possible for a realistic scenario, then I probably would include Thorn. Um, I'm not sure who I would drop out, but Thorne would, would definitely be the, the holding midfielder because that season in particular, when we got to the playoff final, he, I'm sorry, he was but just you so can't, good. You but, can't include George Thorne in a team in a decade based, based on, but, like, what, about nine, nine games nine good 13, months? 14, and then half half a season it, before we got injured. You can't, you can't put him in that team based mm. on the play that he could have been if he stayed injury-free. Jack Butland had six games. <laughs> yeah, but, yes, no, and I, no, I agree with that, and that's why Butland didn't get in there, but... Butland was so good in those six games when he came in as cover for the loan. And I just thought, and then you've seen Butland like kick on to be an excellent player and play for England. Whereas George Thorne, he looked shaky on his debut for the first 10 minutes against Forest. Then he grew into that game and then was oh, fantastic for the rest disgusting. of the season. Well, in he a, was. In a good way, yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you put me off, Kutch, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> but then he was, he was fantastic for the rest of that season and we should have ended up getting promoted. And if he hadn't have had that knee injury against uh, Zenit St. Petersburg in pre-season, he would have been the best player at Derby have seen in the last five or six years, supposedly, but we've never seen it. So he was a consideration, but there's... Jeff Hendricks ahead of him for me. Yeah. Has there been a more exciting permanent sign-in than George Thorne? And then a massive disappointment in a classic Derby way, no. That's a different <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Um, all right then, so we've settled on Bryson. Have we settled on Hughes? Uh, yeah, probably. No, I love Hughes. I think Who did you have though, Cutch, then? If you haven't, because I don't think you have got Hughes in there. No, I have. My midfield three, 
My midfield three would be, uh, and it doesn't necessarily work because I think McLaren tried it a few times and never really went with it all the time, was, was Bryson, Hughes and Hendrick. So as, as three individuals, Bryson, Hughes and Hendrick, I can't leave Hendrick out. I think Hendo gets um, forgotten about quite a lot because of he was in the same team as Bryson, Hughes, George Fawn. Yeah, Hendrick started that player final when he had every right to start it. He was a goal, a goal threat in the way that Will Hughes wasn't. Will Hughes was more technically gifted, looked better on the ball, more silky. But Hendrick was, he was like another another Craig Bryson, but a bit bigger and not quite as prolific. I remember him being the tea boy at Derby County with uh, Mark O'Brien and, and Cannon Ball. Served good tea. Um, <laughs> Lovely. I mean, I, I think those three, that's my three. He, he also loved a goal against Forrest as he well. He loved a goal against Forrest. Yeah. Oh, good I, hair, good hair. Ten men. Hendrick was a serious part of my consideration. Look at the player he is now. He's a fantastic Premier League player now and a regular international. Scored some great goals. He wasn't as naturally like skillful or as much of a flair player as Hughes, but he he was just a really solid sort of a Rolls Royce midfielder, really, wasn't he? Like a great, he's like a great athlete. Had two good feet. Um, did score a few a few low key bangers in his time at Derby, actually. Like you know the volley at Millwall, goal against Wolves at home. Seems to remember Forest away. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of others I've forgotten about but for me and this is where the controversy comes in with Tom uh, I've put Mason Mountain instead because um, I've just classed this on players who have played for Derby in the past 10 years I know he's not our player I know he you know we knew at the time he was only ever going to stay for one season Um, but he did more in terms of goals and assists in one season than Hughes did in like seven seasons or six seasons or however long it was um he was a joy to watch he got us to Wembley and I think if well, he hadn't have, got us to Wembley <laughs> and I think if he hadn't have got injured against Accrington I think last season could have been even a bit more different um so Mount edges it over Hendrick I mean for me. I mean for me Mason Mount is without doubt the best player Derby saw play in a Derby shirt. In but this, it doesn't make it <laughs> in this In this decade, and probably for the next decade, I think we'll be doing very well to see another player of that quality play for Derby County. Is one season enough? Yeah, I, th- I think it is. And if he wasn't a lone player, um, I think I'd have had him in there. And I decided, I made the conscious decision to go, right, I'm only going to pick permanent players. And that, that would change a lot of my team. Because you're old school, because loans only started in 1887 or something, <laughs> didn't they? As you Googled it during the break <laughs> yeah. in, this, in this podcast. I think it's even before then, Coach. If you're going to quote a stat at me, at least get it right. <laughs> so I completely agree with Chris on this. So Hendrick was definitely part of my considerations. But Mount, it, for me, the, the best player that has been playing for Derby in this decade. We, we, and he... He's just so. It, we realised straight away he, he was just on a completely another level. The the fact that he's now playing in the Chelsea first team is in the England setup. Just a few months after leaving Derby, says it all. We've talked about one blonde bomber in the last decade in midfield, and there's another one we haven't discussed yet who had a huge impact on Derby County at the start of this decade. And that's Robbie Savage. <laughs> and yeah, I you, actually had him in goal. Yeah. <laughs> you might you might laugh. I think there's a serious conversation to be had there. Unless you want to all shout me down and say, no, definitely not. But he, in that Nigel Clough team, he held it together when it was all going to pot for a good few years and was a huge influence around the club. And I'm not saying I'd definitely have him in there, but I think, again, he might be a very good bench option or having it around the place to keep the morale high. 
I think all I'd say about Robbie Savage is that he was way better than I thought he was going to be. He played for Derby for far longer than I thought he would. (laughs) And he had a much better effect on the team. And he was much better received by the fans than I thought he would. I mean, the flag, uh, the scarf waving at Forest for me just makes him into like one of those great iconic players of that time. And at the end, he became like really good at free kicks. Yeah, I mean, that that free kick against QPR and that celebration against QPR was one of the best moments of my life. Uh, So, I mean, Savage, Savage, well, he celebrated (laughs) with me. But despite that, he's nowhere near this team for me. No. Sorry, Kutch. All right, so who's the final three then? It's, it's, it's Hughes, Bryson, and you're saying Hendrick. So me and Anton are saying Mount. So you're saying Hendrick. This is perhaps where we've obviously talked about 4-3-3. This is where my actual third pick doesn't fit in because I would actually choose to play 4-2-3-1. But for the purpose of our discussion, I'm going to put someone who's not... Qu- you're doing it, aren't you? I'm putting a square peg. Oh, kind of and we're going, to, we're going to talk about this person, I think, in another position. I reckon some of you might have him. My third say midfielder... Those, say those magic words. Chris Commons. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Chris uh, Commons. Yeah. I thought you were going to say John Eustace. Sorry. No. Chris, Chris <laughs> Commons is my attacking midfielder in behind the centre forward. Now, I could play him left. I've decided not to. Uh, but I want him in that middle. A bit of a free roll. He uh, scores great goals. Ex-Forest. Scored against Forest. Celebrated, celebrated against them. I know that wasn't this decade. So, Bryson and Hendrick. Uh, Bryson and Hughes as a two. Yeah. With Commons in a kind of number 10 yeah. position. That, that I, be, I, could get, I could get on board that, with that. that that's... Yeah. You're not going to get on board. I can't even begin to explain how often that midfield is getting overrun. Oh, yeah. But, but that's why I've got Barker and I've got uh, Shackle at the back. Well, no, you haven't now. You've got Barker and Keogh at the back. Okay, well, I'm happy with Barker and Keogh. So I've got Barker and Keogh. That's why he's Brayford and Foz. That's a, def- that's a solid defensive unit. Okay, and Kutch, you said Bryson, Hughes and Hendrick. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so off those three... Um, can I just say we'll go Mount? Because I would have put Mount in there had it have not been for my... Self-imposed oh, I was, loan. I was loving the idea of having Como behind yeah. Rob Hulse. But that's why I, that's why I had the loan. Well, <laughs> hold that embargo. thought because he might come into the later part of the conversation. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> so it looks like we're settled on uh, Bryson Hughes and Mason Mount in the middle. I'll kick off with um, one of the three front players, uh, a player who. I thought it cost us a lot of money when we bought him, but came to the club after a particularly excellent loan spell when we were when we were struggling to, to stay up with the promotion pace about four or five years ago. Um, scored big goals, was good on both feet. Chef Yucucci. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to score a hat trick one. And that's why Simon Dawkins is no. Um, he was uh, a player who I don't think always had the best relationship with the fans. But his like his record spoke for itself, and another player who I was gutted when we sold him, and that play is Thomas Ince. Yeah, no, uh, Tom Ince is definitely uh, talking about wingers, I presume. Mm. Uh, Tom Ince is is probably the first t- first name on that team sheet in a, in a front three. Um, I think the the thing about the relationship with the fans is is funny because his dad had the same problem. Uh, Paul Ince had this kind of arrogant attitude about him, called himself the governor all that kind of stuff. And I feel like Tom probably took a bit of that on, but I think also a lot of the criticism he got was probably quite unfair. But in terms of quality, both from dead ball and open play, the only person that, well, Harry Wilson was better, but I feel like we've probably had that to conversation. Uh, Tom Ince would be the first one. Uh, when, I'm, when I'm a bit sad, I just watch the goalie scoring against Forest and it cheers, yeah. it cheers me up every single time. Why wasn't Chris Baird I in know, discussion okay. to right back then? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, for obvious reasons why he wasn't, but, um, yeah, I can definitely see Ince in there. And my other person who I was really interested in on that right wing, 
Johnny Russell. I, I just think. That, I mean, the the indecision in your voice when you even said that. I think speaks volumes. But but it, with the, when you think back on it, like. Do you know who we miss at the moment? It is I think it's Johnny Russell down down on the wings. Yeah. Just a bit of persistence, you could say a bit that. of press, and like he scored goals and he set goals up. And like I think he's I think he's actually quite underrated. I'm we sorry for hammered. me. He's one of those players who we remember as being much better than he was now that he's gone, yeah. which is a really easy trap to fall into. Well, we have no saying, wingers. We have no wingers currently set. All of our former wingers look great. We have. Oh, in Joseph's team. <laughs> I think if we were going favourite eleven, Johnny Russell probably would be in in the mix because he, yeah. yeah, everyone loved him. He 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 loved the club. He he always put everything into it, like huge amount of effort and energy. Scored some really good goals and really important goals as well. Obviously, the one against Forest in the the five nil was the pick of the bunch. Um, but I don't think he's the same quality as Tom Ince. That, that was quite interesting because your question while we were preparing this was like, is this a favourite eleven or is this a best eleven? And I was like, for me, it's it's both because I I agree with Chris. I go Tom Ince, but. Johnny Russell's going to push him him close for for that. So yeah, I can see what I can got, see your argument. You got Tom Ince on the right. We're we saying Tom Ince on the right hand side, yeah. and then so you're looking at a left a left winger. So the options are, I mean, Chris Commons comes back into the conversation again. Um, Jamie Ward should definitely be at least. I mean, Jamie Ward's in my team. Me, t- me too, and that's why Johnny Russell's not because I don't need two little scamps on the wings. I need a flair player who's got pace and trickery, who might drift in and out a bit, and I need someone who's going to hassle and harry. And that's why Jamie Ward would be left for me. So, player who is pretty similar to Tom Ince, I would say, who we haven't discussed yet. I know he was only at the club for around about six months, and he was a lone player. Is Jordan Ibe? Mm. What are your thoughts on Ibe? Not, not enough. I'd have had Ibe in that team, I think. I, I, Ibe and Harry Wilson would be definite contenders for that left left sort of, or other wing spot. I don't know which way I'd play them um, had I not discounted. And they were the only two extra sort of players. I think Jordan Ibe was brilliant. And, and when he's available. Was it Rodgers brought him back to Liverpool yeah, the rec- couple of yeah, days before him. Forest? And then never they, played him. Yeah, that was just the most ridiculous of things. Like, he was on such good form. And, I, and I his career's so. like gone off a cliff since then. I bought yeah. him for Weddings and let him go, aren't they? I, yeah. I think... When you look at players and their natural pace, like Ibe was absolutely like rapid over the first 10, 20 yards. I don't think his like final ball was always amazing. His end product was quite as good, quite matched like the the, the absolute electric pace that he had. Um, but yeah, for six months, for sure, he was um, he was a huge part of getting us into the top two. He was really improving. Sorry, Anton. He was really improving in that latter part when he was there. Um, he started quite slowly, but then the the November, end of November, Janu- uh, December, January time when he was playing, he scored goals against Birmingham City. We played Leeds at home over the Christmas period, and he was back defending at left back and then like charging forward and and really sort of driving that Derby side on. Um, and I think he was he was developing into a fantastic player at, under McLaren's guise and. Um, Rogers recalling him as I think personally had a big impact on his career. Yeah, right. Him going back and, and Martin getting injured were like two huge reasons why that season fell apart after Christmas. So, Kutch, over to you. We've so we've got Ince possibly as one. Who is in a three? Who's on the other side for you? I think probably I want to get Chris Collins into this team, but I think probably Jamie Ward is on the left hand side. That is a big shout. That is a big shout. So, can I go next? So. On, on the left for me is, is someone that we've actually... I, mean, I, I spent a lot of time deciding on this one. Um, <laughs> and it's it's someone that you might disagree with. It's not a name that's come up yet, but... Thomas Sifka. Harry Wilson. <laughs> um, purely for the fact you that... You played he, dead. 
Harry Wilson, he was just such an exciting player to have in your team. He, he was sometimes quite frustrating, um, but the fact that like, his free kicks were obviously incredible. To have someone like that on set pieces in your team is just creates five goals a season, as, as we saw last year. He could score from pretty much anywhere. So having a player like that in your team just gives you a, a different dimension. So why wouldn't you want that? I mean, again, if we pick Harry Wilson, we have to pick Mason Mount and we have to pick... Well, well, we have potentially. Have we picked Mason Mount? Yeah, yeah we did. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, wow, I, Harry Wilson or Tim, Tom Ince? I I could or quite happily I could quite happily go for both. <laughs> Jamie Moore. <laughs> I could quite happily go for both, but uh, as again my self-imposed loan embargo has allowed me to say Jamie Ward, and I agree with Kutch for this one, just because I just because really? yeah, I just love Jamie Ward. Like, I mean, he's the sort of player that you would hate playing against you and he caused problems for teams he wound opposition fans up he kicked people he ran and he scored great goals that goal against Forest um, in the 10 men game was exactly what Derby needed at that time we needed someone to to cause them an issue and to wind them up and to make them lose their heads and he did that and he he skipped past Mieski, he skipped past their centre back and he beat Lee Camp in his near post I mean this poetry in motion for me it's one of my favourite Derby goals not my favourite but one of my favourite Derby goals of the decade and you forget that in it was either 10-11 or 11-12 actually maybe 12-13 when it was uh, like Ward and Connor Salmon at front like Jamie Ward really his goals really carried that team that yeah, season yeah. he got what about it was only about a dozen or something but without his goals we would have been absolutely yeah. you know, awful in that in that season. And God knows we were pretty average as it was anyway. Yeah, I mean, definitely great memories from Jamie Ward. But would Jamie Ward ever be a, or ever have been a Premier League player like someone like Wilson or Ibe or Ince? I think if, because um, Ward was part of that team in, in 13-14, I think, um, not as like a, a starter, but I think he would have done an, an all right job there. Um, but yeah, then maybe that's it. And maybe it is a sort of like glassy eyed look at it. But I do think in terms of contributions to Derby and how he, he played. And so I took the, the contributions, how they played and then how much I enjoyed watching them. And that's why for me, Jamie Ward gets that nod. Um, Harry Wilson was fantastic though last year. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's we've got frustrating. Ince. We've got Ince. Ince can take free kicks. He's not, no one, apart from Lionel Messi, no one takes free, ticks, free kicks of consistency of Harry Wilson, if we're honest. Yeah, uh, but Tom Ince has got a decent free kick on him. Um, I'm, I'm so tempted to put Wilson in. He's on my little bit of paper. But I think, I think I'll go Ince and Ward. So that's before we move on to the front man, let's just rein this in what? a bit. Let's go round yeah. all four of us for those two wide men Tom you start just two uh, names uh, Ince and Ward Anton Ince and Wilson so I went Ince and Commons mm. Kutch Ince and Ward so Ince and Ward Ince and Ward I'd like to come back to this formation conversation possibly at the end about I think we could get Commons in because I'd love to see and this brings us on now. to the next this brings us on to the next part yeah. I'd love to see Chris Commons behind Chris Martin that will be the slowest front two in the history <laughs> of the club. That's but. why we've got Tom Ince in the wing. And Jamie Ward. <laughs> yeah, the reason I put Commons in is, yeah, Harry Wilson, I realise I've sort of set a rod for my own back, really, because I put Mason Mountain and he was a lone player. Commons, I just think in the season where we sold him, um, he it banged in like 13 goals before Christmas when we sold him to Celtic. And he had a pretty decent partnership going with Rob Hulse at the time for at least a year or two. Um, and I'd class him as one of those players who was, yeah, a flair player, a luxury player, but a really good player in a pretty ordinary team. 
I think. I guess you could make the argument that he basically wouldn't get into the the, the current Derby team because his his work rate is just not there. He is the like definition of a luxury player. But yeah, for the goals he scored, the way he scored them, you know, you look at Forrest away in the cup, Man United at home in the League Cup, yeah. countless more. He gets a nod for me. That's why I wanted him in that team. That's why I, I've got rid of a Mount or a Hendrick in that centre midfield to to fit into our way of doing it. I know it have a slightly slightly different shape, but I think Commons is such an exciting player to look in a very ordinary derby team. And um, yeah, two feet left and right go go the way, and he. I also thought he was really, left, really, really one-footed, actually. But. I, thought, I thought he had scored a few goals on that one. I don't know. Who knows? It, maybe I'm looking back on it um, with her, again, glassy-eyed. But yeah, I think Commons was great. But the general consensus is Ince and Ward. Well, it's not a general consensus, but, you know. <laughs> Anton looks really upset. It's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, Ince and Ward. It's yeah. Ince and Ward. I'm sorry, guys. But. Well, there we go. So let's, let's choose our striker and let's review the formation. Okay. Let's choose a striker. Um... Can we all agree it's just Chris Martin? <laughs> there, there are Actually, quite no. a few contenders here. I, I'll just throw a few names into it. So Connor you've got Chris Martin, you've got Vidra, um, Stephen Davis. No. You, I mean, Stephen yeah. Davis isn't really a contender. Rob, Rob Hulse is. is more of a contender than Stephen Davis. I, mean, I think Hulse left in what... Shefki Kucci is arguably more of a contender than Stephen <laughs> Davis. <laughs> Alberto Bueno. Well, we can come back to that because if, if we change the formation, Bueno can run Chris Commons close for that number ten spot, in my opinion. Maybe, but so this is the interesting thing of like, okay, so we've got um, you've got the people in behind of, of Warden um, and Ince. It's like then, what do we want? Do we want a focal point of Chris Martin? Um, oh, actually, do you want Matteo Vidra for to make it a really fluid front front front, yeah. a really fluid front three? And I've actually gone Vidra ahead of Martin yeah but Tom you're more in love with Chris Martin than any other Derby fan know, out there I know let alone in this room we, we share surnames and that wasn't by birth <laughs> <laughs> well I can't even get my head around this I mean I can't see why you choose anyone else but Chris Martin like 60 plus goals since he signed for Derby like seven years ago I know he's had three seasons where he has barely even been a Derby player but he like he, he carried us for a couple of years Surely it's a no-brainer. He didn't. He didn't carry us. That, that whole that whole team was excellent. I think his goals did. I think he, scored, of, he scored twenty goals a season for three years. In yeah, yeah but, but if you put Vidra in that team, Vidra would have scored twenty goals. No, a season. yes and no. He think, scored twenty goals in a I, crap Gary. Yeah, I think team. Vidra certainly carried us that that season. Yeah, Vidra carried us that season. Martin was part of a was part of an excellent unit which suited both him and he suited the rest of the team. I think that's different. I think I think you could have put a fit Rob Hulse in that Derby team and Rob Hulse would have done a similar job maybe not as good I don't know but there's lots of big kind of hold up play decent finishing strikers that would have done a good job McLaren Cameron got, McLaren Cameron Drone <laughs> <laughs> McLaren McLaren got a lot out of Chris Martin and we're starting to see Koku potentially do something similar for me it's it has to be Chris Martin as number nine if you're playing three off him or two off him it's got Vidra was brilliant and he scored a lot of goals, and he did he did carry that Gary Rowett team, but he didn't offer as much outside of his goals. Whereas Martin scored as many goals and offered more outside of those. I was going to say Derby playing Forest. Think about how many goals this team would potentially have against Forest. Chris Martin never scored. You're saying that Vidra's a better finisher <laughs> than Jack Marriott. I, Jack Marriott's not in my consideration no, for it, and right, rightly so. But I, I think Kutch's point about Martin having more to his game than than just scoring goals is a really key one because 
I mean, Vidra did score so many goals and, and did carry that team. But don't don't forget, he he was dropped out of the team for for the playoffs purely because he he didn't bring other players into into play as much as as someone like Chris Martin would. Despite the fact he scored loads of goals, he he wasn't. Um, considered as as someone that was crucial to that team, and look what happened in that playoff campaign. We lost. Yeah, and I'm, lost. I mean, I'm not saying it was the right second decision, mm. but, but I, I just think for me it was tough. Uh, but I went Vidra. But us three, I say Martin. So I think yeah, Chrissy Martin gets the nod. So all that leaves us with is um, who gets on the bench. Really, we decided to go with a keeper, a defender, a midfielder, and an attacker. I went through my bench. My sub club goalie was Grant. Sub defender was Buxton, sub midfielder was Wilson, with honourable mentions to Hendrick and Ward and Russell, and my sub striker was Vidra. Not too dissimilar to mine. I was Grant in goal, uh, Ikeo obviously because I put Shackle in at centre back, but I'm quite happy to put Shackle on instead uh, of Bucko there. Um, Hendrick was my midfielder as he didn't get in because of Commons. And then because I've gone Vidra, I went Martin. So, yeah, I would quite happily see Vidra. Yeah, I mean, very very similar to that. I've got Grant and Shackle um, as the two defensive players, Hendrick and then Vidra. Uh, Lee Grant, again, so Royal decided there. I would have, I would have had Wisdom as my defensive sub because he can play centre-back. And <laughs> You'd have more than four subs. If this, was a, if this was a video pod, you should have seen my face. <laughs> I was very put off by Tom smirking at me. Surely you'd have Chris Baird because he can play all over. No, no, I'll have Andre Wisdom and then, uh, yeah, Jeff Hendrick would be my sub and then the forward sub has to, has to be Vidra. If he's not making the team, has to be Vidra. But I, I've already mentioned him once before. Honourable mention genuinely to Alberto Bueno because that two or three month spell, I think it was uh, two, the first start of 2010, 2011, definitely the best period of Nigel Clough's um, of time at Derby. The Shefki Coochie years. It was him, yeah, it was him, Commons and Sifka behind Coochie. And that for like three months, I was like, oh my God, he's finally cracked this. And he's added in this bit of Spanish stardust and it's all going to come together. <laughs> then it and got then, cold. And they got cold. And <laughs> Sifka, Commons and Bueno couldn't play in the cold. Um, yeah, I'd just like to mention Bueno. I'd love to get him on that bench, but I think Vidra has to be on there. I also had Bueno as a potential in my top corner of a, like, oh, yeah, he was, he was a real talent. He was a real talent, but yeah, didn't quite do enough, I think, over the time. So let me get my head around this. So our final Steve Bloomer's washing Derby County team of the decade is Scott Carson in goal, John Brayford at right back, Richard Keogh and Sean Barker as centre-backs, Craig Forsyth as left back, Mason Mount, Craig Bryson and Will Hughes as midfielders, Thomas Ince and Jamie Ward It could be Chris Commons because there were two Commons in there, wasn't there? And... Chrissy Martin leading the line. I'm pretty happy with that team. So I feel like we wouldn't win a single, get, we wouldn't keep a single clean sheet all season. But oh, Barker and it'll be, it be entertaining. It, it would be entertaining. One last thing we haven't talked about: who's our who's our manager? Well, can, just before we go into the uh, management thing, I actually had something slightly off field. I was like, um, I haven't included my loan players, so I went for a loan five-a-side team. <laughs> This is so off off script. Butland in goal, Tomori at centre-back. How about this? Mount, Wilson and I but front. That's pretty devastating. Surely you want Jack Marriott finishing. (laughs) No, but it's a lone team. I think that's a better five-a-side team than it is an 11-a-side team. There's only five of them. Think about the pace. But they would make better five-a-side players than they would. Jordan Ibe, I feel like his pace is neutralised on the five-a-side pitch. So I think Sheffy Coochie would put some elbows about. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, ma- manager, Chris, who would you have? For- I would have to say, you want to say McLaren, don't you? Because he is the person we associate with some of our best memories of the past decade. I mean, every single Derby manager in the past 10 years has got some stuff really, really right and some stuff really badly wrong. So there's no obvious contender for someone who wins it by a mile. Um, But for the entertaining football that they played over a season and how close they got us to getting promoted, I would have to say Steve McLaren. Also, most of our team is his team. Or or, or Nigel Clough's team. So what does that? So what does that? So what does that lead you to, Coach? Yeah, Steve McLaren. And my, my my love of Steve McLaren is 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 well known. Were you going to ask her the same question? I thought you were going to come up with a Frankenstein, Steve McLaren, Nigel Clough sort of morphing. I don't think we know enough about them to do that ourselves. I think Craig Bryson was the perfect person to do that. Mm. Um, I would I would go Steve McLaren as as my coach. Tom, uh, it was a call and a toss up between McLaren and. Clough, but I think I went McLaren. And you gave it to Nigel Pearson. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guess? No, it was, uh, what was his name? Who Darren was... Wassell. <laughs> yeah, Darren Wassell. Caretaker manager because we get sacked because we concede too many goals. Anton, Chris Powell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I, th- I think it's got to be McLaren for, for the reasons you've highlighted, really. And uh, are we going Pearson, Glick or Morris? <laughs> I think you should probably wrap it it's up got- before we get before we get down to like you know coaching Mel, coaching that. staff eleven. Just wondering whether we could have a uh, Gerard Houllier, Roy Evans dual management thing and have Clough and McLaren in there. Sporting director, Murdo Mackay. No, that was a year as that was before. Sorry, let's wrap it up. We got. I've got a who am I? You have. So we're settled on the team. Thankfully, after all that debate, but. It wouldn't be an episode of Sea Bloomers Washing without a cheeky little quiz for the three of us. Kutch uh, has lined up a Who Ramai, where Tom, Anton, and myself have to guess a former Dublin County player from a series of clues. Kutch, hit us up with clue number one. Yeah, so I'm surprised he didn't come up in the conversation, to be honest, because he is uh, of the last of the past decade. I was born on 28th of November 1986. Chris, Simon Dawkins. Incorrect. Tom Cameron Jerome. Nope. Anton. Oh, he's not this old. Oh, Omar Mascaro. Nope. It's incorrect. That was, why didn't we talk about him? Because <laughs> he wasn't with, very with good. good reason. Okay. <laughs> Chris called his cat Omar. <laughs> yeah. I came through the Birmingham City Academy and have had more Tom. loan spells than permanent clubs. Ryan Shotton. Incorrect. We've had him before. Yeah, we have. In case you missed the end of that clue, is and have and have had more loan spells than permanent clubs. I think it was eight loan spells and seven permanent clubs. I'm really struggling, you know. Gonna have to have another clue. All right, I made 35 appearances for Derby between 2011 and 2014. That's not very many appearances at all. Chris, Paul Connolly. Nope. No, he made loads more than that. He was also Plymouth as well, wasn't he? Potential right back there. We didn't mention. Uh, no, next clue. The only other clubs I have made 30 or more appearances for are Burton Albion and Halifax Town. Oh, brilliant. Oh. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, started at Birmingham. Yep. Made 35 game, played 35 times for us between 2011 and 14. Yep. About 30, 32, 33 years old. I made my Rams debut off the bench in September 2011. I mean, that, that doesn't really help. Well, if you, knew what, if you knew what happened in that month, you would. My third Derby appearance was also as a replacement, again replacing Frank Fielding. Tom, 
Adam Legstins. Correct. Ah, uh, yeah. He's, he's, he scored for he scored. Burnley Reserves the other day. In other, <laughs> yeah, the other clues were in midweek, I scored a stoppage time equaliser for Burnley under 23s. I am very attractive and have excellent hair. <laughs> And I left Derby for Leighton Orient when Lee Grant returned to the club. Good. That's a good who am I that was. Vintage. All right, then. Well, that's the end of this special one-off pod. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Hit follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud or Spotify. Give us a follow on social as well. We are at Steve Bloomer Pod on Twitter or search at Steve Blooms Washing on Facebook and Instagram. Good chat, lads. Anton, thank you. Thanks, Chris. Tom, thank you. All the best. And Robbie Savage's Richard Kutcher, thank you. See you in 10 years' time. You shall. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm.